Hello and welcome back to another episode of Zap. My name's Beck. And I'm Jono. And Zap was formed on the basis that there is a lot of good quality journalism out there. And so this is the other stuff. We aim to make the good trash treasure by finding weird, wacky and wonderful news stories from all over the world. We talk about it, we laugh about it and we make segments somewhat loosely related to it. Beck, I've got to say that I am very excited for this episode uh, because we have... Uh, something a few weeks in the making, actually. Um, we do. <laughs> and it's, it's our KFC crime novel. Because it was two weeks ago that we talked about the story involving KFC in, in something vaguely criminal. And mm. um, the phrase was an undisclosed amount of fries <laughs> was in the actual police report or the article I was reading. And, um, oh, yes. I'm I like, couldn't that. remember the reference. I was like, why <laughs> did we call the story an undisclosed <laughs> amount of fries? That makes sense. <laughs> and offhandedly, I said that would be a great like name for a KFC mm. crime drama. <laughs> And then last week we had a look, uh, we, we created an overarching loose plot for it uh, using the power of the internet. Uh, <laughs> and today we get to hear uh, what will be the first chapter. And mm. I, I genuinely, I think if we can try and atta- attract the attention of KFC with this, if we can try, I don't know, I, I feel I think, there's something in my yeah. bones that makes me think KFC will want to be a part of this. I'm, I'm hoping. My fingers are well <laughs> and truly crossed. And well, if we can get this either published with their blessing oh or if gosh. they, <laughs> yeah, should we, should we just make like a public outcry on social media to have KFC's blessing? Yes. <laughs> or like, I, I really want them to like get on board. If they can yeah. be like, yes, we want this. Like at the very least, I, I ask for a humble blessing from KFC. <laughs> Um, but I'd, I'd love it if KFC were to get involved. Yeah. I mean, the least, like the actual least they could do is maybe comment on our Instagram posts and be like, yeah, love it. Or like, great work guys. And we'd love that. But, you know, really publishing rights and, um, royalties is what we're looking for. (laughs) I I think, I think if they say good job guys, I'm taking that. I'm taking that as, uh, you guys are able to publish this and profit (laughs) off of a book, uh, starring characters from our franchise. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be my interpretation (laughs) of it. I like that one. (laughs) But to start us off today, Beck, I want to talk about it was a kind of strange mindset uh, that I recently thought about that I had as a kid. And I think a lot of people also had growing up, but I don't actually really know if a lot of people had this growing up. So I'm either going to look like a really strange kid (laughs) or this will hopefully be like super relatable. Uh, I've got my fingers crossed on this one as well. So the strange mindset I'm talking about is the idea that our bed and the covers that were some sort of impenetrable shield that oh, if you yeah. heard like a strange noise, you just put your head under the covers and you felt like you were safe. Like, that's is that true. just me? Yeah, no, okay. no, that's, that's universal. I think I yeah. used to think dumb, I'm not Dumbledore, Voldemort um, was behind my door. Um, oh. So yeah, I used to think that if I was like, would hide under all the covers or if, as you said, like literally head under the covers, couldn't see behind my door, that Voldemort wouldn't be able to get to me. So. Yeah, like the only protection it really offers is maybe like from being shot with a Nerf gun or something. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the, the extent of its, uh, or maybe like a bright light. It would protect or, you yeah, from that. Or yeah, a poisonous gas that just can't travel through <laughs> um, material. <laughs> maybe but that. the thing is, like I don't know where I got this idea. And if it's something that you relate to as well, I don't know where all kids... I'm going to say all kids because we represent all children. We, yes. <laughs> it must be the movies. It's got to be the movies. Yeah, I like, guess. Yeah, in movies People scared. Ah, hide under, under the, the covers. Yeah, okay. That, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But 
today we're going to kind of, we're putting this myth to the test. Oh. Uh, and I've decided that for this um, segment, we are the myth zappers. Oh, um, I love that. I and Beck, you, you can you can be Zadam Zavage and I'll be Zami Zinerman. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what's my name again? Zadam? Z- like Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Oh. But <laughs> And I'm Jamie Heineman, but with Zeds. Oh my gosh, I love it. We've got to get uh, like uh, badges with these or something. <laughs> lab coats, that's what we need. Oh, yes, yes. But uh, together we're going to be looking at a peculiar news story hmm. that takes place in the Great White North of Canada. And so, so here's the story. A woman in British Columbia in Canada woke up to find a hole in her roof and a surprise sitting on the pillow next to her head. And uh, it's pretty vague. Um, that but is I'll, very me, vague. <laughs> I'll, I'll get more into it. So that night, a, um, a lot of people uh, outside in that area, she, she mm. lives in a town called Golden, uh, oh, which is a nice, nice. name for a town. Yeah, really like um, but a heap of people around that area uh, and in Golden got to, um, got to see like a, a fireball in the sky. Um, oh. So, yeah, just like a... An, a, not the like sun. A shooting star. Not the sun. Okay. It was not time. Um, but so they got to marvel at this at this bright light in the sky. However, Ruth, uh, who's a resident of Golden, got that spectacle express delivered to her bed, waking up oh to gosh. see a space rock sitting beside her on the bed. Now, to her, it was no. just a rock at this stage. Like she, I, I don't know what she thought happened initially, um, because there's just a hole in her roof above her bed and a rock sitting next to her, and. So Wait, she, so she it called just the missed her head, right? Yeah, Is so that... it, was, it was like on the pillow next to her. Oh kind my of a thing. gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah, so, so <laughs> Whoa. not knowing how or why a rock had smashed through a roof, she called the police, uh, who later <laughs> verified that it was most likely to be the meteor because at oh first they thought gosh. maybe it was some debris from construction nearby, like they were doing some... Mm. Um, uh, I don't know what the the term for it for is, but they're lying dynamite and blowing a cliff out to, oh. to make room for something Oh, yeah, else. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they thought maybe it was from that, but they weren't actually doing any of that work um, in the t- like time that she was sleeping. And mm. so they end with like several reports and videos of this like fireball in the sky. They, they theorize that the only logical thing it really could be is a, a meteorite. So... She has a meteorite land, go through her roof and land on her bed. Now, it's, it has gone straight through the roof. Like, there's no doubt about it. There's like a hole, jagged. I've seen the picture, but it hasn't damaged the bed or the sheets or That's the pillow so in weird. any way, shape or form. And here's where the myth comes into its own, because if the meteor can smash through wood and like tiles and roofing, but leaves the bedding yeah. and the bed and the pillow in perfect pristine condition, maybe a bit dirty, then I'm I'm starting to think there's some validity to this thing, this mindset we had as we were kids. Like if the oh, bed sheets can I stop a meteor that had yeah. the capacity to go through roofing and wood, perhaps little Jono had the right idea. <laughs> now I'm I'm gonna have to my rating for this one, uh, for the first myth zappers, uh, I'm gonna have to give it a plausible. Um, but this is, of course, only as, like, we can't be certain because no. Ruth wasn't awake to be able to guarantee this is the case. And so if she was awake, she would have been able to give this scientific validity. But it seems like a classic case of you snooze, you lose. So one thing about me, and also I think it maybe runs in my family, is that we, or I especially, when I'm on a train, 
I, for some reason, get very soothed and it's likely that I'm going to fall asleep on a train ride. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's like a regular thing. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> not like, not so much in the, in the morning. It's more like if I've been out. Actually, no, I did used to fall asleep on like the train to school and stuff like that. Oh, no. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but not like so bad. Like it, I think I'm just trained to like wake up when it's time to get off. I don't know how, um, but <laughs> your it body's is. prepared. Like yeah. it listens out for the for the announcement yeah. over the PA for your station. <laughs> it's, and then it's the alarm like, yep, hearing I'm the train station. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, quick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's especially bad sometimes. You know at at night, just because that's when you're meant to be going to sleep. And so yeah. if I'm on a train, time. yeah, I'm like, oh, this is cozy. And just like a little quick nap. Uh, you might remember the story I told of my brother with the ridiculous car bus chase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I think maybe it's a genetics thing, but who knows? But so we we're talking, um, you snooze, you lose today. And it reminded me of a time, uh, I think I was, yeah, I was still in uni at the time and we just had like this festival thing at uni like um there was bands performing it was lots of fun it was during the day but we were there for uh, like hours and hours so it was a very long day and afterwards it was like getting a a little bit late and my friends were like oh we should go out like you know keep hanging out um in Chatswood and my uni was um in Macquarie Park. And that pretty much tells you what my uni was. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, should I be subtle? Uh, nah. <laughs> so um, I went to Macquarie Uni and we were traveling from there to Chatswood. And as I was sitting on the train, I was like, you know what? I actually don't feel like going out. I am so tired. Um, I think I might just get on and go back home and get a bus home. And they were like, are you sure? Like, do you want us to come with you? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about it, guys. You go ahead and, and I'll just go back home. Anyway, so I... They actually, I think I went with them to Chatswood and they got off and I got off the train and then, you know, like walked across the platform and then got on the other train to go back the other way. Yeah. So I was doing that and then, I don't know, next thing I know, (laughs) I'm um, opening my eyes and I'm in town hall and I don't know if, for those of you who are familiar with the train line or unfamiliar, if you're at Chatswood on the North Shore line, you the line goes back through like the North Shore suburbs, suburbs, <laughs> and ends in Hornsby. Luckily, this one ended in Hornsby and didn't take me to the Central Coast. But then it <laughs> goes back, so I've fallen asleep um, at Ch- somewhere between no Chatswood, way. gone to Hornsby. The train has swapped over. I've somehow slept through and then gone all the way back past Chatswood again (laughs) and into the city and to town hall. And so I'm completely oblivious. I wake up, I check my phone and I have heaps of missed calls, heaps of messages from my friends (laughs) because another friend I was actually meeting back to like travel home with them. And they're like, Beck, where are you? Where are you? What is going on? And I'm honestly still have no idea what's going on. I'm like, what? I'm like, I swear I was just going to go home. What, what is going on? And I look and everyone's freaking out. I'm like, oh, well, I better get off the train then. And I get off. I'm like, town hall. <laughs> what That's is going crazy. on? It was just the weirdest like out of body experience where, you, you know, when you're asleep, you obviously don't realize time is passing, but I've like yeah. gone halfway around the world. And then I, when yeah. you said town hall first, I thought you meant because that's like a 20 minute train ride from or may, like a roundabouts from Chatswood yeah. to, to yeah. town hall. And so I'm like, oh, that's a that's a fair nap. But then going all the way <laughs> up to Hornsby I did the circle. and then back all the way to the city. That's like. 
Sure, yeah. that's like an hour. That's a solid nap. I think that it is a- really in uni, you know, we were doing radio. I was pretty sleep deprived. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I just the early morning radio yeah. shifts. And I would um, start assignments pretty last minute, you know. <laughs> I just didn't sleep. So really, I needed a lot of sleep. But in this case, I did snooze and lose um, some of my friends' trust <laughs> because yeah. I scared them half to death. <laughs> I, I feel like the train is like one of the worst places. Or like transport is one of the worst places to fall asleep. It's scary. It I is. Mean, you don't but, know yeah. where you're going to end up. Who knows? <laughs> But I kind of, I have a story uh, that I feel bad about to this day of a time when uh, it it wasn't like scary to fall asleep, but Mm. I feel really bad that I fell asleep. (laughs) So my mum used to be in a big choir um, and they were performing at the opera house. Uh, So it was like a pretty big thing. Mm. Uh, And uh, the rest of my family, we got tickets and uh, we went out to see it. And while she was performing with this choir, I fell asleep. I I, st- I feel so bad about it. But I'm just guessing it was like warm inside. There was That's a nice like same soothing, with the train. Yeah, soothing music warm playing inside. because of the choir. Yeah, your mum's lovely angelic voice. Yeah, I was and I just dozed off, um, and I felt so bad for it because like and like it didn't really matter. We'd spent money on the tickets, but that wasn't the issue. It was more that mum was yeah. performing, and I'd gone there to see mum perform, <laughs> and I fell asleep. Um, the most expensive nap. Ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd, and I'd like to take this time to formally apologise. Mm. Uh, sorry, Mum. I'm pretty sure you you, I really hope I've told you about this before. True, <laughs> true. I wonder afterwards, was she like, so what did you think? And you're like, yep, wonderful, soothing. Surely I didn't try and keep that a secret. She Ooh, might have spotted you not. from the stage. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> she knows. Oh, I'm sorry, Mum. <laughs> Zap the Podcast merch is finally here and you can check it out by heading to zapthepodcast.store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts and more all with original designs beautifully printed on quality fabric. So head on over to zapthepodcast.store and get yours today. We're talking you snooze you lose today and it made me think of a time when a lack of snooze actually made me lose my mind. Now, let me set the scene for you. It's November 2019, and I'm sitting on a plane ready to land in uh, Changi Airport in Singapore because mm-hmm. uh, my schoolmates and I were heading to Thailand uh, for a little holiday. Um, and I've got I've to preface this preface, <laughs> I don't know what the word is, um, by saying on whenever I go like traveling with this group, I for some reason I just like take up the the mantle of like being the mum of the trip, <laughs> and so I'm like I'm trying to make sure everything's fine, everything's like going I've smoothly. Got tickets, passports. Um, yeah, so I'm like always <laughs> stressing about like when things go wrong, how to like get things back on track. Mm. Um, and so it took me a good while to, to truly appreciate the holiday that I went on. Like there were definitely good moments and I can see them clearly now. And some of the bad moments are starting to fade That's good. <laughs> as time That's good. goes on. But there was oh, so many things went wrong on this trip. But oh, no. this is the very start of the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, we, so yeah, we, we're on the plane. We're, we're just landing. Um, and because we wanted to pinch some pennies uh, on this trip, because uh, we were uh, 19 or mm. probably yeah, I think 19 or 20 at the time, uh, we we booked some fantastically cheap flights. And so because it. of this, we had a layover in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Now, all of the airports uh, 
to of all the airports to lay over at, Singapore is one of the best. Like it's rated as the the best airport in the world. Oh, so nice. <laughs> yeah, so it, and it is a lovely airport. Um, but we just arrived in in Changi International Airport, and it was close to one a.m. local time. Uh, we'd left at I think around eight thirty p.m. Uh, Sydney time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what the time difference is, but uh, we were tired nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were we were tired. Um, we're a little bit stressed because that's what happens when you travel and especially me. Uh, <laughs> but most of all, we were hungry because the cheap flight uh, meant no meal on the flight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we decided to go get something to eat. Uh, but being after midnight on a Thursday night slash Friday morning, um, there wasn't much open. Even it is, it is an international airport, but during the week, I think things close pretty late Fair, yeah. um, in this. The only thing that we could really find... Um, was was a Burger King in the food court. Every like everything else was closed, and so we had some uh, what I would describe as fairly underwhelming airport Burger King. Um, <laughs> but you know we we'd eaten, our tums were full, mm-hmm. um, and we decided to do a little bit of exploring because Changi Airport is known for its size and its facilities. They they've got like so many gardens. They've got art installations, like a cactus garden, a sunflower oh, wow. garden, and even a butterfly garden, which is pretty cool. You go yeah, in there and there's cool. like loads of butterflies. Um, they've got playgrounds. They've got a pool, a jacuzzi, a movie oh theater. This yeah, is all like sorts of things. the destination you'd think. Yeah, not, not the have... layover. <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's honestly like a pretty cool airport to yeah. stop at. Um, and I'm glad I've been there because it's it's pretty groovy. But best of all, like what this airport has, I don't know how many other airports do this, but they have almost like little resting areas so that if you are on a layover and you've got some time between your flights, mm. you can pretty much lie down oh, that's on good. these like little daybed looking things um, to just have a nap in while you wait. That's um, good because airport seats are like so uncomfortable. Oh, it's like are. so and short. They're always booked and, and you yeah. can't lie down on them because they have the barriers to stop people yeah. lying down on them most of the time. <laughs> so which rude. Is, yeah. Well, I suppose it's mainly catering for the people who are there in the daytime. So they don't want people just lying around yeah, on them. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we checked out a couple of gardens, uh, including the butterfly one, which was awesome and art installations. Uh, and we got some snacks from a small convenience store that was still open. But by now it was well and truly time to get some rest because it was like <laughs> probably 1.30 or 2 local Ooh. time. And our flight wasn't until 8.30 oh the ne- like in the morning. <laughs> and if we were going to enjoy our first day in Thailand, we pretty much had to get some rest. Mm. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, Changi Airport is known for its facilities but also its size. And unfortunately, none of us there were known for our navigation. And so as the night gets longer and longer, we keep trying to find these resting lounges uh, to no avail. Uh, I think at one point we tried to go to the movie theater because there were comfy seats in there and sleep in there, but it was too loud. um, Mm. And I was interested in the movie. It was Spider-Man Homecoming. Pretty good. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Would recommend. Um, (laughs) Just not when you're trying to go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's getting quite late now. Mm. And... um, I, like we we just gave up uh, because we couldn't find these little resting areas. Um, there was supposed to be a lot, a lot of them, but we couldn't find them for the life of us. And so we sort of threw in the towel and um, we decided we would just pick a little corridor off the main walkway and sleep on the floor. Aww. Now, I can't say I was particularly thrilled with this idea especially as I was pretty sure I knew where we were and how to get to the lounge area, which it turns out I did actually know we were and how to get to the lounge area that time. But this was like the eighth time I'd said that I knew where we were and how to get to the lounge area. So I was... They were like, Jono, nah. Yeah, I was (laughs) the boy who cried wolf and they didn't want to go for another stroll. So 
yeah, down we lay using our carry-on bags as pillows and we tried to get some sleep. Uh, and tried is really uh. the important word here because I struggled so much um, to to get to any sleep at all. And I'd say it was probably like 5 a.m. Um, that I finally dozed off. But not even an hour later, I abruptly woke up and I was like, I woke up on my feet what? with like <laughs> adrenaline coursing through my veins, like feeling like I was ready to fight, which was a very strange feeling. Yeah. And my mate Harry um, was like awake at the time. He was also having trouble. I think all of us were having trouble sleeping. Um, but this is the mate we've my mate we've talked about before uh, mm. on the show a good few times. The the, the music room, yes, uh, mischievous the printing man. fiasco was yeah. that one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> so yeah, he was awake at the time, and pre he pretty much saw me from full sleep, <laughs> like in an instant, get up onto my feet with my fists raised, what? like ready to fight. Um, and it seemed like it, it, it was me responding to someone over the PA, like the oh announcement gosh. saying, make sure not to leave your bags unattended. Who's like trying to was, take my bag? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like for some reason that absolute, like that set me into like fight or flight and oh I was ready to fight at that stage. And yeah, it was just madness. And so, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was ready to defend myself for not leaving my bags unattended. And then... And then I was just up. I couldn't get back to sleep after that. Uh, and I was just... That's fair. Oh, You're ready to fight. <laughs> How exactly. are you meant to sleep after that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then to top it all off, this this was probably the, the cherry on top that made me lose my mind. Oh, no. I was like, okay, if I'm up, I may as well go get some food. And so like me I and going. I think Harry, who was up at the time, or maybe it was someone else, I can't quite remember. Mm. Um, but we went around because I was told there was a Krispy Kreme at this airport. Oh. And so I was trying to find it. And we probably walked around for an hour and I couldn't find it. And so I was, I was like enraged that I got no sleep. Uh, no and bed. No bed, even though the beds were just up ahead, which we later <laughs> found out. Uh, and I didn't get my Krispy Kreme. That really I, is the worst bit of all. I, I got no snooze and I felt like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> and so no snooze and lose is what yeah. I got, which is a worse combination if you ask me. So now the moment we have all been waiting for. I hope that nobody has snoozed during this episode because then oh, you will lose not. out on quite possibly the best novel of all time, or at least the I would start say of. So. Yes, I would say so too. <laughs> what we've actually decided to do. So if you've listened to the episode before this, that's where we crafted the plot of the uh, KFC crime drama novel. And... We agreed that I was going to write the first chapter of it for this episode, which I have done. But what we think we're going to do is alternate between Jono and I each episode. <laughs> and so it's going to be kind of like a almost not choose your own adventure. We both have the same plot we're working with. But yeah, we're each going to take a turn at writing a chapter until we have a fully, um, you know, coherent yeah. novel and KFC buys it. And it's just, you know, yeah, amazing. Exactly. <laughs> so... Without further ado, I think it's time to read the first chapter. Maybe I'll just do a quick recap of what the plot was. So, as we know, the title of the story is An Undisclosed Amount of Fries. The plot that we came up with was made by having to enter random adjectives, names, uh, like body parts, like objects. Yeah, it was was a bit of a mishmash. Yeah, the classic, (laughs) you know, almost Mad Lib kind of plot uh, generator. So, here was the plot. Mangled fingers have been turning up all over Kentucky and the inhabitants are scared. 
10 murders in 10 weeks, all committed with a bucket of hot oil and still nobody has a clue who the greasy killer is. Detective Harlan Sanders is a juicy and golden sailor with a fondness for secret herbs. He doesn't know it yet, but he is the only one who can stop the underseasoned killer. When his chef, Poppy Chicken, is Poppy Chicken is kidnapped, <laughs> Detective Sanders finds himself thrown into the centre of the investigation. His only clue is a rough, moist towelette. He enlists yes. the help of a spicy colonel called Red Bucky. Can Bucky help Sanders overcome his fried chicken addiction and find the answers before the coleslaw killer and his deadly bucket of hot oil strike again? We'll find out. <laughs> so, I re- I'm realizing now that some things I've written are slightly different to the, the original but that's plot. That's all right. But that's that part was, of the fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a loose plot exactly. uh, up for interpretation. Yeah, it was there to be inspiring and it has inspired me with this first chapter. So, it's, it's artist license. <laughs> exactly. So, let's go in. Chapter one. And, oh, well, an undisclosed amount of fries. Chapter one. <clears throat> Screams. Screams everywhere. Poultry Valley hadn't seen a murder in 10 years. And now, 10 in 10 weeks. Screamed even seemed not enough to capture the true horror the town was feeling. The mangled fingers started appearing 11 weeks ago, and the only fingerprints left on them were those of the original owner. Detective Harlan Sanders wasn't used to cases like these. Petty theft? Sure. Speeding down Main Street? He'd seen it here and there, but multiple murders? None of it made sense. His only clue was a rough, moist towelette left at the scene of murder number five, Joe, most known for his participation in the annual local theatre musical and his vegetable store at the weekend farmer's market. Not Joe! (laughs) Not Joe! (laughs) Joe's finger had surfaced four hours before his body was found, taped to the number one on a payphone on Main Street. Gruesome. Detective Harlan Sanders still winces thinking about waking up to Joe's farm at market stall and peering behind the mound of fresh vegetables, herbs and fruits to find Joe's body lying behind. The previous four scenes had no clues, wiped perfectly clean. Joe's, however, revealed a moist towelette crumpled underneath a radish. It was a clue, but to what? Harlan knew this wasn't just a mass murder. This was an undisclosed amount of fries. That's what the folks down at the station call a crime beyond all crimes. It's slang. Uh, (laughs) Then there's three dots because the chapter continues, but it's a slight change of scene. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. You still have to pay for that, Poppy Chicken said in a sing-song tone. The employee motioned her head towards a half-empty plate of fried chicken that was sitting on the counter. I can't give you discounts just because you eat here three times a day, yet somehow still have the body of a Greek god. (laughs) 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 Detective Harlan Sanders chuckled. I was going to, Poppy, he sighed. My mind is just all over the place right now. Sorry if I seem distant. It's just, I know, said Poppy quietly. It's affecting all of us. I don't think it's up to me to solve this. I can't do this on my own, Poppy. Poppy's wide green eyes softened as she leaned closer to Detective Harlan Sanders across the counter that currently separated them. I know you can. Harlan pulled $20 out of his back pocket and left it on the counter. Keep the change, he said. And Poppy? Yes, Detective Harlan Sanders? Have a plate of fried chicken ready for me come dinner time. Always. <laughs> As Detective Harlan Sanders stood from the spinny stool, he felt a presence behind him. Freezing momentarily out of caution, he checked out his reflection in the mirror, reflection in the mirror on the other side of the restaurant to get a glimpse at the mysterious posterior figure. Bucky! Harlan ch- chuckled with glee as he spun around and gave the figure a hug. Red Bucky was Detective Harlan Sanders' old friend from detective school. They'd been inseparable 
right until they were separated. <laughs> Red Bucky had been placed in the neighboring town in their special fries unit. Special crimes unit. <laughs> Harlan, Bucky took a step back and lifted the white fedora off his head. I wish I could say I was just here to say hello. What brings you to these parts then, replied Harlan. Chief Inspector sent me here to help you with the case. I know you don't need it, but she said the hot buckets of oil kept appearing and the fingers, they're calling him them the coleslaw killer on the other side of town. Say no more, Bucky. They're calling them that here too. I'm glad you're here. I do need it. Harlan thought about all he'd seen in the past 10 weeks. He did need the help. Who knew when the coleslaw killer would strike next? Maybe they already had. Oh, and that I is the like end that. of chapter one. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's so good. I also uh, liked, I don't know what struck me about it, but when a Poppy Chicken called him Detective Harlan Sanders, <laughs> and I would, I would absolutely love it if every interaction Poppy refers to him by his full name and title. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe throughout the whole book he just has to be called Detective Harlan Sanders. <laughs> so I think we've got to go with that. There was another thing think- that... um. I can't remember what was it. I was like, that sort of needs to pop up every now and then. Oh yeah, for some reason I gave Red Bucky a white fedora. Don't know why, but um, okay, yeah, no, I like that. That's gonna be a part of his thing. Um, yeah, and he did have a fried chicken addiction, Detective Harlan Sanders. So that's where that came in. Um, but there's a few things yeah still in the plot that haven't popped up yet. So, I mean, we've got a whole story to get through. I probably um, you know, went a bit long, but it's a book, so you know, it's a book. Oh, leave us alone. It's, a, it's not a short it's a, story. No. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't a TikTok. This is a whole book. I like how we're defending ourselves I know. against comments that haven't yeah. been made. Literally no one like said anything. They were like, this is great. I'm like, stop. Stop thinking stop. it. It's a novel. But here we I go. Think, it's the I beginning of a wonderful journey. It is. Uh, I think that's going to shape up to be an excellent book. Yeah. And I think it'll be interesting to, um, I guess, because I, th- I feel like we've got to have each chapter leading to, like, leading on to something else, because especially if someone else is picking it up, I like True. the way this one ended. Um, so that's all, like a cliffhanger. And mm. then you or I get to choose what that cliffhanger yeah. is or what yeah, the true. suspense <laughs> leads to. It's good. Um, this is going to be, yeah, an interesting. It's almost like um, there's a thing, especially in music. Oh, I think it's in all, like a lot of art forms uh, called uh, an exquisite corpse is what it's called. Ooh. But it's basically like a, a whole bunch of artists working together on one piece. Um, and you c- sometimes you'll see it with like animation. So it'll be like one story, but told in like 30 different animation styles throughout the, the story. Uh, it's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. It's sort of like... Um, it's like Frankenstein to to as as like a point of reference because right. one person might attach an arm, another person puts on a leg, and like you, so you slowly build up what is uh, I guess it called an exquisite corpse. Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I very much like where this is going, and I think <laughs> this is this is going to be until we finish this this book. Uh, this is going to be uh, a wonderful adventure yeah. for us and hopefully for you listening. Yeah. So and um, I'm just thinking maybe we could, you know, once we get a bit deeper into the book, we can start using like maybe things we put on our Instagram story or start using input from like our listeners I because like that. you guys literally shape what we do. So I think that would be really cool if we could, yeah, use stuff that you come up with and put that in the novel. I like that a yeah. lot. So, um, <laughs> 
yeah, when this goes out, we might put something uh, on there. If anyone has any just like big or like pretty, I guess, general ideas for it, then yeah, um, yeah. let us know on our Instagram um, so that, yeah, we can have a look and um, pick and choose uh, little bits and pieces to sprinkle into the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of uh, our Instagram, um, we are coming to the end of the episode. Yes. So <laughs> it's, it's, time for a, it's time for a plug. We need um, it, yes. So, yeah, our Instagram is at ZapThePodcast, same on Twitter, same on TikTok, uh, and same. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, ZapThePodcast is what that's called. Uh, and make sure to check out ZapThePodcast.store uh, for any uh, any merch. Oh, we have some available there. Um, not any merch. We sell specific merch. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> just, just Zap merch, you know. Just Zap no merch. No one else's um, merch is there. <laughs> but, yeah, go. feel free to go and have a look uh, at that and um, pick up anything you like the look of. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like if this goes well, we might have to have some, some ideas about how to, how to put that on a shirt, how to put this without, without breaking any copyright issues. (laughs) Maybe we could, we just put the entire script on a t-shirt. I have a t-shirt that has the entire script of Shrek 1 on it. No way! (laughs) Yeah, my friend Ryan got it for me. I don't know. Yeah, I got it for Christmas one year. Ryan was like... You know, I bought you a gift. It's a bit of a joke gift, um, but here you go. And I was like, is this what I think it is? <laughs> and it has the entire script of Shrek on That's it. such a good gift. It's very good. Oh, my good. goodness. <laughs> oh, I'm going to totally use that. I'm, I'm stealing that gift yeah. idea. That's theft now. So if anyone uh, who's listening, who's my friend, gets a gift like this, you know where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that just about does it uh, for this episode. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of that. Bye. Bye.